0: Welcome to Reclaiming the Faith with Phil Baker, a podcast with a mission to reveal what the earliest Christians believed about the core issues facing us today. You can find links to all of Phil's resources at philsbaker.com. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen today and
1: take a moment to share this podcast with your friends. Now, here's Phil. Hey, y'all. In episode 104, I am so privileged to have my beautiful wife, Stephanie Baker of The Faithful Podcast, joining me to talk about a really disturbing trend that's been going on for a while in Christianity, seeing many Christian celebrities, speakers, musicians fall away from the faith or have a pretty profound fall from grace. We're looking at why that is going on and how we may struggle with some of the core issues that have led to those precipitous falls. And finally, we will look at what we can do to stay faithful following Christ. Speaking of faithful, as I said earlier, my wife's podcast is called The Faithful Podcast. Please go check that out. Become a subscriber on iTunes or on her podcast website, faithfulpodcast.podbean.com. Also, if you're blessed by this episode, please consider leaving a positive rating and review on my podcast as well, Reclaiming the Faith. And please consider becoming one of my Patreon subscribers. you where you'll get two videos a month from me? One being a tutorial on how to play one of my original songs, and the other being a breakdown of an early Christian or an early Christian document. You can find that at Patreon.com/slash Phil S. Baker. Also, I'm blessed to be a part of Omega Frequency, along with BDK and Kurt, who do such a great job putting out content uh, every week for us. And finally, the early Christian quotes that I use can generally be found on the CD-ROM version of the Anti-Nicene Fathers, which you can purchase for a mere $5 on the Scroll Publishing website, scrollpublishing.com. All right, well, without any further ado, let's get into episode 104. Stephanie Baker, Philip thank, Baker, <laughs> thank you for coming on Reclaiming the Faith.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure.
1: Yeah, we got to do so many podcasts together, kind of podcasts, YouTube live things. YouTube
2: videos.
1: Yeah, we what, did What do the kids call them
2: these days?
1: <laughs> they called them videotapes. Are, <laughs> I don't know. Do
2: you check them out at Blockbuster? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um... We got to do Philippians, yeah, and we got to do Jude, mm-hmm. and we put the Jude uh, two episodes on my podcast recently, and we're probably going to put the Philippians uh, Bible study on there eventually as well. Cool. But today you're joining me to talk about something cool.
2: I'm so excited, and you
1: don't really know very much about what what that is.
2: No, this is how I work best.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's like those cool reaction videos when someone's never heard uh, Metallica or something yeah. and then they, they hear one and they're like, this is crazy music, right?
2: I'm here for the reaction.
1: Yeah, you're here for the reaction. Yeah. So um, before we get into to the, the main subject matter, uh, you want to tell people a little bit, about, little bit about what you have coming down the pike on uh, your podcast, The Faithful Podcast with Stephanie Baker.
2: Yeah. Um, So on my podcast, The Faithful Podcast.
1: With Stephanie Baker. With
2: Stephanie Baker. That's me. um, I have an interview coming up with Michael Miller, who was just such a pleasure to talk to. He actually, we got to talk in person, which was really, really cool. Um,
1: Of the Remnant Radio YouTube channel. Of the Remnant
2: Radio YouTube channel. Thank you. I was going to get there, but you're so much more on it than I am. I love it. Um but yeah we that's, got to talk about
1: That's so nice of you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. A
2: We're going to probably do that a lot. Yeah. Um yeah it was great. We I mean we got to talk about hard stuff. So it's not always great to talk about those things. It's difficult a lot of times, but just um how he was fired from his church that he had basically helped to found and um you know how he's still healing from that. Mm. And so I think it's I love when I get to talk to somebody who's still kind of on that journey. There's not like this nice bow put on the end. Mm. And so I think that's just where a lot of us are, are in this kind of like in-between space of like, I'm trusting you, God. I can see your faithfulness already, but mm. like what's what's going to happen? And so it was a great, great conversation. And I'm really excited. That's going to be coming out real soon, though.
1: And he didn't get fired because he was doing something sinful.
2: right. Yeah, it was You want to give
1: a like a tease to that without giving away the farm? Um
2: well, I mean, he was confronting some issues mm. that he saw in the church and um you know, it was a big big deal kind of church and um you know, one of these situations where pastor has almost uh unchecked authority mm. and elders that aren't really functioning the way that elders are supposed to, but Yeah. Um yeah, just A lot of authority in one person's hands. And so that's just, it can be really, really disastrous in some ways. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, that they'll have to listen to get more of the story. Uh, I feel like, yeah, I mean, it's, there's, you you need to hear it. It's, I think it's so relevant for so many people. So,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And I think we're talking about a relevant topic today. Stephanie, listen to these names and tell me some of the things that you think they, um, they may have in common. Okay,
2: Okay.
1: some of them you may not know, so I'll, I'll explain them <laughs> if we do. Yeah. Okay? okay, so Jimmy Swaggart, okay, Ravi Zacharias,
2: Ooh.
1: Carl Lentz, okay, Derek Webb, mm-hmm. Glennon Doyle, Melton,
0: okay,
1: Kevin Max, John Steingard of uh, Hawk Nelson. I think that's his name. Okay, the Hawk Nelson lead singer. Okay. Paul Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Paul Maxwell wrote for Desiring God. Okay. Marty Sampson.
2: I don't know who that is.
1: A uh, lead singer for Hillsong.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Uh, and Joshua Harris. Oh, okay. That's I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Oh, yeah, I wrote, yeah.
2: very much remember that.
1: What do those guys, people, have in, in common?
2: Uh, well, it seems on first glance... A former relationship with Lifeway, and maybe not so much anymore. <laughs> That's my first thought is, uh, you know, they have significant names in Christian culture. And mm. um, maybe, uh, depending on who you ask, a tarnished reputation afterward, or mm. maybe even renouncing their faith, some of them. A lot yeah. of them have basically said, I had it wrong before. Mm. Um,
1: had Christianity as wrong
2: yeah basically. I mean like I don't know that Joshua Harris uh, is Joshua Harris not a believer anymore yeah. Or oh he's not
1: as far as I know
2: oh okay I thought he was just saying his books were like not
1: oh, I don't on know. topic
2: maybe I was wrong okay so I that's what I was kind of thinking of but yeah I mean like Derek Webb my, my former homie I guess like yeah. you know basically my favorite Christian singer yeah. ever yeah and other than you, of
1: course. No, it's okay. He's no he's pretty great.
2: He is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just I'm 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 done with this.
1: He's saying that.
2: Yeah, that's what he's saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah, done with Christianity. Mm-hmm. Seems to be kind of uh He's very much agnostic right now. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure. I think he's exploring yeah. Christianity again right now and just kind of feeling it out. Mm-hmm. On his latest album, but yeah, what I saw is that that they were um, all very popular Christian artists or speakers with major platforms.
0: Oh, okay. Who
1: all became hardened by the deceitfulness of sin and then had some kind of a major fall. Mm. Um, of course, like you're saying, like every situation is unique, mm-hmm. but there were a few sin areas that will almost certainly be found in each of those situations. Yeah, and um. One that was standing out to me was found from First uh, John two, starting in verse fifteen. Uh, John writes, "Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him.
0: Mm.
1: For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world." The world is passing away, and also its lust. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. So, like, what I was thinking about. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, just,
2: dang, that's still like, it hits hard.
1: Yeah. Um, two two of our friends uh, that lead a, a Sunday morning Bible study that we're in, uh, Phil and Linda Patillo. They'll, they'll talk about how that passage really hits at a lot that's going on in Genesis three, the uh, mm-hmm. lust of the flesh. Eve looking at the food like an over desire for this forbidden thing. Lust of the eye, seeing that it's um, good for fruit and, and for wisdom and mm-hmm. um, the uh, boastful pride of life kind of like they wanted to um, become like God. Yeah. Rid themselves of the need for that. Putting themselves in an authority you know, above God or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this are like, these are three areas where We all fall. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's this this is the love of the world. This is the pattern of the world. Yeah. And it's um, particularly for people with platforms, and we both have this. uh, um, The passage in Isaiah 14 about Satan can often be applied to what what we can struggle with too, this pride, boastful pride of life. If you remember this about um, Lucifer, right? Mm -hmm. How you've fallen from heaven, star of the morning, son of the dawn. Lucifer, you've been cut down to earth, you who defeated the nations, but you said in your heart, you know, the five I wills. Mm -hmm. I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the Mount of Assembly in the recesses of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. And God says, nevertheless, you will be brought down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. Just this like wanting to build this platform. Yeah. I think that's it, when we have that kind of of a desire, it, it brings about an additional set of temptations. Though... Um, that pride and the um, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh will, will come at everybody, yeah. everybody who lives. I think there's a special set of trials mm-hmm. and temptations for us who are trying to build platforms. Uh, yeah. One more um, that I wanted to put at you before I get your reaction. Um, something that I, I, I see a lot in our day is kind of like this, this verse from uh, 3 John <laughs> verse 9. Where John writes, I I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not accept what we say. And he goes on to talk more about this guy Diotrephes, hmm. but just this desire, loving to be first,
0: hmm. wanting
1: to be in a position of prominence. Yeah. To kind of riff off that a little bit, wanting this, wanting to be special, to be set apart, to be unique. To be a unicorn, you know, (laughs) I don't know, I've seen it in my life that if if I'm not doing something that I think is like special, I feel, I get tempted to feel like I'm a failure.
2: Yeah.
1: And so that drive to be special can really corrupt the good work that God tries to do in us. Desire to be liked, to be affirmed, Mm -hmm. to get that attention. Yeah. Um, And that goes, you know, obviously back with like uh, the uh, Isaiah 14 passage with Satan. But you have any thoughts on that?
2: Oh, I have a lot of thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, you and I are both teachers. And I think we live in a time where our students... And I mean, I'm, I'm going to use them as an example first, and then I'm going to definitely share my own struggle with this. But like, I have students that really believe that someday they're going to become an influencer. And that's our term that they use for just a celebrity who, you know, they're TikTok famous, or they are Instagram famous, and they literally are famous for just making content and putting it out there.
1: A prank video or something. Yeah,
2: I mean, it could be something that stupid or, or literally, I mean, it could be something decent. Yeah. They could be showing, you know, acts of kindness, whatever it might be. A talent. or But more often it's like, look at me, look how great I am. I mean, there's kids that I know of that have attained a certain amount of celebrity status just by being really attractive. Mm. And so... That's like a thing now. You know, mm. like you can be Instagram famous or you can be TikTok famous and you can make I mean I I hear you can make substantial money just doing that mm. and you just make videos. And that I mean that sounds all right. Like do 20 minutes worth of work and you're really rich. But um this idea of having a platform, you know like you said you and I both do. I mean, I think of I, I think a lot of times I talk talk down about my my podcast because I feel like it's not a big deal but there are people that listen and we have this audience of folks that do and it's that's a responsibility put on mm. us and I try to be really careful with that and I you know I think about it with social media. I enjoy social media. I think it there's a lot of good to it. I think that it can be a big time waste and and it is in a lot of ways but You know, we want to be affirmed. You know, who doesn't like when you get comments on something or you you get responses? Like, there's an emotional thing that happens inside of us, but also, um, I have to like try and stop myself sometimes. Like, why do I want to post this thing? And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I may be not going where you're wanting to go with this, but I've had to. Yeah, stop in a lot of ways and think, am I posting this just to get attention? Or am I posting this to get a response in some way? And of course, to some degree, we all kind of are, but like, in some ways, I'm also like, I'm sharing my life and that's that's a good thing. Um, Or I'm doing this to bring glory to God in certain situations, but that's definitely not all of them. So like, we need to check ourselves before we do those things, before we use our platform in those ways. Like, what's my motivation in this?
1: Yeah, and it's really hard to, um, to see when our motivation has been corrupted. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, when it's become an idol, when it's become our God. Right. It's really hard to recognize that other people will probably recognize that in us before we do kind of like um, drug addiction, mm. anything that becomes addiction. And it becomes an addiction just to begin with because there's some really strong feeling, good feeling, Yeah, generally speaking, that happens first. And we're chasing that feeling. And... Like for a person with a platform like us, it could be like, you know, we've been plugging away, we've been doing, a, uh, you know, several episodes and then just like one episode just hits. Yeah. Like I remember, um, I remember when I was doing my blog and it was just getting maybe 25, you know, maybe 50 reads. Mm-hmm. And then I believe it was a post I did on hell. Yeah. And I don't know why, but it just like, took off. Mm -hmm. and got over a thousand reads and i was thinking like oh my goodness i've got to do something like that again yeah you know because i've got this momentum now it made me feel so good um i've got to top that or Mm -hmm. i've got to do something like that i've got to find something controversial again Mm -hmm. that can get those those looks you know, those yeah. reads, all that kind of stuff.
2: It's dangerous.
1: Yeah, it is. And But the thing about idolatry, and I'm going to read this passage from Psalm 115. I'm going to come back to it at the end. But um, this, this is an, a really interesting passage. It says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory, because of your love and kindness, because of your truth. And here kind of where it gets into it. Uh, the part that we want to say why, why why should the nation say where now is their God but our God is in the heavens he does whatever he pleases now he, the authors contrasting um, the God of the Israelites to the gods of the nations their idols are silver and gold the work of man's hands they have mouths but they can't speak they have eyes but they can't see they have ears they cannot hear they have noses but they can't smell. They have hands, but they can't feel. They have feet, but they can't walk. They cannot make a sound with their throat. And then here's the really convicting one and the, those who make them will become like them. Mm. Everyone who trusts in them. So when we're in idolatry, we have eyes, but we can't see. Yeah. Like we can't see the grip that this this God, this false God that we're serving has on us. We have ears, but we can't hear the people that are maybe kindly, maybe not so kindly, but calling us to really think about our motivations behind what we're doing. Maybe yeah. they're seeing some sin issues in us, and we're like, no, nah, can't hear that, not listening to that. Yeah. You know? So it's really interesting the effect that idolatry has on us.
2: It, it's really hard This idea of like being famous, not that you were I, Not even close. Not even close. I'm not referring to us. What I'm thinking is it's hard to tell, I'm sure. And when you're in that moment and there's, you get a thousand people reading your blog, you know, that's a big deal. Is it like, but in a lot of ways, it's like if it was even bigger and you're like, man, is this God blessing my ministry? or is this like you know is this something else you know I'm yeah. not going to call it something terrible because it may not be in that moment but it you know this is this a temptation to head down a road that's going to be really dangerous and i mean some of those people you you mentioned they've become the people who maybe say what their audience wants to hear mm. you know like they find this new new audience that's like grabs onto something they said that maybe is a little bit controversial mm-hmm. and they're like whoa, people really liked that and they they have this emotional reaction to it. I mean, think of like Jen Hatmaker like mm. i I mean i've I've loved several of her books, but like you know, just this, the stance that she's taken is very different than where she was before. yeah and I know that she has personal issues for that in her own life and I I don't know what that's like to go through but you know it's it's hard because her audience has grown tremendously right is that god
1: blessing or is right right
2: it's it's hard it's like when when your audience is growing yeah mm-hmm. is it god blessing or am i becoming one of those people that tickles ears right like it it's really that's a hard line to walk yeah. and i think that I would never say that they're doing it just for the attention. You know, I think that a lot of the people you mentioned, you know, there there is a place in them that's very sincere. Yeah. But there was, fame can be very <laughs> deceptive.
1: Yeah, and, and um, I think a lot of the people listening to this right now would be like, yeah, those preachers that tickle the ears, those are the bad guys. Yeah. Which I think, amen to that, you yeah. know. But then there's the other side that also garners a whole lot of attention, and it's the like really hateful version of mm-hmm. Christianity, oh, where yeah. the you know the truther crowd that's like, "I'm just going to speak the
2: truth without we, apology."
1: <laughs> right, and sometimes that's you know called for.
0: Mm-hmm
1: you know? Um, but it also gets a lot of attention. It, does. it gets a lot of likes. And, you know, we're we're called in Ephesians, and I'm, you know, absolutely guilty of this, but, you know, rid yourself of all anger, mm. you know? Um, of course, it also says, be angry, but don't sin, yeah. right? But je- that should be like, those should be very few and far between times. It shouldn't be like the theme of our ministry is anger at the world. Yeah, and, and like I said, like I'm 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 guilty of that, and it's it's just like it's either the tickling or the anger.
0: Yeah, you
1: know those things that just um, get a lot of feedback. Yeah. You know, it's almost like you know any kind of attention is is good attention uh-huh. because it's drawing a crowd. And that's what we want to expan- expand our platforms. But one of the things that I wanted to get at in this episode is we're seeking these things. It's something that Ezekiel um, 14 begins to set up. Uh, and, and I'm going to go to Ecclesiastes here in a minute. But um, Ezekiel 14 is interesting because you got these leaders that are just absolute idolaters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, like hardcore. And in fact, I mean, they're, they're a they're occultists in many respects. But um, it says, then some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat down before me. So these are some guys that are actually in, in Babylon. They're not the, the main occultists like in, um, in Jerusalem when Ezekiel has that vision in chapter 8. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts and have put right before their faces the stumbling block of their iniquity should I be consulted by them at all? Therefore speak to them and tell them, thus says the Lord God, any man of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart puts right before the face, before his face the stumbling block of his iniquity and then comes to the prophet. So this person's like practicing idolatry, like blatantly. And then he's like, you got a word for me, brother? <laughs> all right. And these are like leaders. Mm-hmm. They're spokespersons. I, the Lord, will be brought to give him an answer. So he's like, I'm going to answer you. In the matter, in view of the multitudes of his idols, in order to lay hold of their hearts. So God's saying, oh, I'm going to answer you in a way that's in accordance with your idols. And I think, and I could be wrong, but I think what he's getting at is something that's hit on in Ecclesiastes 5.10. Okay. And it says, he who loves money will not be satisfied with money, Mm. nor he who loves abundance with its income. Mm. This too is vanity. It's a chasing after the wind. So, you know, let's fill in the blank with that. He who loves attention Will not be satisfied yeah. with attention. He who loves applause will not be satisfied with applause, and it will end up as a chasing after the wind, mm. like a like the greyhounds chasing the fake bunny. Yeah, always running and never catching it. And it's easy to look at these other people.
2: Yeah,
1: and um, say, "Yep, you know, maybe that's what led to their downfall." But what about us? You yeah. know. Do we do the same things? Mm. So, you know, why do we do what we do? Yeah. What what are we seeking? Sometimes we start off with good motives mm-hmm. and we started off with a good mission. But is the Lord trying to get our attention in a manner in line or in line with our idols sometimes? Are we feeling that emptiness doing these kind of things, working hard and never actually being satisfied?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, You know, if we're honest, at least to a decent degree, we want attention. We want a crowd. We look at our statistics, our analytics. We look at our data. We look at what gets the hits, what gets shared, what gets liked. And then we tailor our content to either create or maintain the momentum. But again, he who loves attention will not be satisfied with attention. Mm. He who loves statistics will not be satisfied with the statistics. He who loves likes and shares will not be satisfied with the likes and shares. You got any thoughts on that?
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, I uh, it's it's just it's really convicting in a lot of ways, and it makes me really examine my heart in a lot of what I do. And, you know, you asked, why do we do this? And, you know, I feel like I feel pretty confident in why, you know, my podcast is the way that it is. I mean, I felt very strongly that this is something that God wanted me to do. Um, and, but yet at the same time, I, I feel better when it's, like you said, being like, we have an episode that really takes off or have a something that people really respond to um, in an affirming way? And is it just, wow, that's awesome, the good news of Jesus Christ is being proclaimed, or is it like, yeah, I'm doing a good job at this? Mm. And, I mean, it's okay to feel like, you know, I, I've i worked hard. Sure, God has blessed me in this way. This is something I am gifted in, and I'm going to use it to glorify God. But yeah, it's just it's such a fine line to walk of, um, you know, wanting... To glorify God, but to also stay humble. And we live in a culture that's like looking for someone to worship. Yeah. And, oh, gosh, that's so, it's so easy to do. I mean, like, I wouldn't say I worshipped Derek Webb, but I really, really loved his music. And I was like, man, this is the most, like, hard-hitting stuff. And even the stuff he's saying, it's, you know, it's, there's good message to it, but yeah. it's like I have a tendency to like put these people up on a pedestal. And we want something to someone to look at and to emulate. And, you know, we've got this example.
0: Mm.
2: We've got the example of Jesus. And we're like, yeah, but I want somebody who I can identify with a little bit more. Yeah. I want to see this lived out. And that's when it gets really dangerous because we put these people up on a pedestal and we're like, they're special and then they fall, hmm. and it's it can really shake someone's faith. I mean, I, I remember the first time I had this Christian leader that I looked up to that I saw in college, and I was like, man, he's the pastor of this church, and he's a big deal. He's a published author, and just the way he spoke, I was like, golly, I've never heard preaching like this. Like, You know, this is amazing, and it wasn't probably... A year down the road, that he was in a you know asked to leave his position because he was in an inappropriate relationship with a woman other than his wife that he refused to end, mm. and I remember being like, "Oh, he's a human." Like, mm. <laughs> you know, it's it's so easy to elevate other people and to see them as somebody so above sin, but we all are. I mean, like Ravi Zacharias was. Probably considered one of the most holy men around. Like, yeah. I I mean, of the people that I know that are serious about studying God's word, he was someone they looked up to. Right. And then all this terrible stuff starts coming out, and then it's squashed. And then after he's gone, it's really brought into the light. And like, mm. what does that do to people's faith? Yeah. Like, where is our faith? I'm probably getting us really off track no, from no, where no, we're wanting fine, to go. No, no, it's but, fine. Keep going. But just, I don't know, it's so it's so easy to elevate people. I mean, we we do this to them. We put them in this position of fame and power, and we have given them this audience. And then we're like, but you, you know, th- we're, we're treating them like they are ab- above the rules almost, like they are something different than us, but they're just humans. And so... I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, I'm just kind of rambling now, but it's really, um, it's important for us as believers to know that, like, we can have good teachers among us and people that, like, you're like, man, that's insightful, but we have to be really careful with that because are we putting them in a position that they don't, that they don't need to be in? Are we elevating them beyond what God would want us to do?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of God um, and Jesus, <laughs> That's um, good. It's no, always no, good no. to speak of them. You no, know, like he drew a crowd. Yeah, there are times where he's like healing people from sundown to sunup, mm-hmm. drawing major, major crowds at different points in his ministry. Right. But what what did he do when he when the crowds came? Like, how did he handle that attention? Because you're talking about people that we look up to. How do they handle this stuff? Well, mm-hmm. how did Jesus handle it? I'm, I'm going to read from Luke chapter 5. All right. So while he's in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Mm-hmm. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him and he ordered him to tell no one saying, but ordered him to tell no one, share this on your page. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Would you mind? Make sure
2: you hit the subscribe button.
1: (laughs) Right. Hit the bell to make sure that you, you you know, he told, he told the man not to tell anyone saying, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing just as Moses commanded as a testimony to him. Mm-hmm. And of course, right, Jesus wasn't revealing who or what what he was supposed to do, what the Messiah was supposed to do mm-hmm. at that point, right? But still, yeah. don't tell anybody,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? But instead, just show yourself, yeah. okay? 15, but the news about him was spreading even farther and large crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Verse 16, but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Why do you think he was doing that?
2: I mean, he's that perfect example of humility. It's the same reason that like a pastor or leader goes on like a sabbatical, like to remember what you're doing it for
1: if he's doing it i mean if he's not just like calling it
2: sabbatical and he's just
1: like chilling yeah Yeah. i
2: mean that's the idea behind it is he's you know i don't know i mean he's getting connected to the father and he is spending that time in communion with the father and he's you know
1: what do you think he's seeking (laughs) What is Jesus seeking?
2: What is Jesus seeking? Yeah, I mean, more <laughs> of God. Like he's, I mean, not that that sounds weird, but like he's seeking peace of God. I think he's seeking restoration. I think there's just a lot of things. I mean, Jesus had so many people like pulling him in so many different directions. Like he's seeking wisdom and direction and you know, that only the Father can provide. Because there's so many people around him. I mean, like, you look at the disciples and they're like, Jesus, we've got your marketing plan. Like, mm. this is how you, you should do this. Don't go to that city that wants to hurt you. Like, let's come over here. These people are excited. Let's do this. And it's like, Jesus was like, nope, I got this. I know, I know where we're going to go. And there wasn't this, I don't know, there wasn't this plan to for mass marketing that, you know, to help him go viral.
1: Mm. So we did uh, Luke five. Let's look at John five. So John five, Jesus just healed a man, a man who had been bedridden for 38 years. All right. So love that story, but I'm going to skip over it. Yeah. Just, all right. Summed mm-hmm. it up in a sentence. Uh, <laughs> John five eighteen. for this reason, therefore the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he was not only breaking the sabbath but was also calling himself calling God his own father making himself equal with God all right news is spreading about him and they do not like this
0: yeah
1: all right now Jesus speaks up in verse 30 as they're confronting him and he says i can do nothing on my own as i hear i judge and my judgment is righteous because i do not seek my own will but the will of him who sent me. You examine the scriptures, this is verse 39, you examine the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. But it is those very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. Now how can you believe when you accept glory from one another and you do not seek the glory that is from the one and only God? So it's interesting contrast in what people are seeking after, what people are striving after. Jesus says he strives, he seeks after God to do, he seeks the will of his father who sent him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: He's not trying to receive glory for himself. They accept people who come in their own name. They seek glory from one another, but they're not seeking God's glory. Um, It's just uh, a really interesting contrast there. Let's look at uh, John 6. So John 6, uh, large crowds are following him because of the signs he was performing on those who were sick. Then you have the feeding of the 5,000. Then in verse six, uh, chapter 6, 4, verse 14, Therefore, when the people saw the sign that he had performed, the um, five loaves and two fish, right? Feeding mm-hmm. the multitude. They said, This is truly the prophet who's to come into the world from Deuteronomy uh, 18. Moses saying there's going to be a prophet like me. So Jesus, aware that they intended to come and take him by force to make him king, withdrew again to the mountain by himself alone. So as Jesus grows in popularity, so does criticism and hatred. Mm. Why does he go away from the crowds? What is Jesus seeking? What? is he striving after this word strive comes up in Genesis in the story of Jacob in Jacob, he is the supplanter. He's the mm-hmm. one who grasps the heel. Right. He's the taker. He's the one who's there to, to get and get and get and get. And, um, He spends the first half of his life, if if not more, he spends more than the first half of his life, striving for himself, striving to make a name for himself, striving to provide for himself. And then, late in his life, he knows he's about to run into his brother Esau, and Esau hates him. Because Jacob Jacob has Esau's blessing, basically. Yeah. And he's on the other side of the river, and he meets God, basically. this This angel who is God, the angel of the Lord, wrestles with him until daybreak. He says, let me go. The angel says, let me go. The sun's about to come up. And Jacob says, not unless you bless me. Mm-hmm. And so the angel touches his hip, wounds him, like puts it out of socket, and then he changes his name. And he says, your name now is going to be called Israel, which means strives with God. And that hip, the displacement, really helped him. <laughs> When he met Esau, Esau probably felt sorry for him as he's humbling himself before Esau. Jacob's humbling himself before his brother, which is really interesting that that wounding really turned into a blessing for him. That name change was also such a blessing, a a new start to no longer strive for himself, make a name for himself, but to strive now with God. To not wrestle for his own name, but to wrestle for God's name yeah, And wrestle with God for God's purpose. What are you thinking?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, that that interview that I they did that we talked about with Michael Miller, I think he um, he talked a lot about, you know, pre firing, how he was he was kind of a big deal at a church that was kind of a big deal. And he wouldn't have said that it mattered. But when things started really taking off, it was like, oh, this is cool. Like this is awesome to be a part of something like this and, you know, kind of maybe even pat yourself on the back. But like after all that went down, like his whole attitude toward wanting that attention changed dramatically. Mm, Yeah, And I think that that's, you know, how, you know, hopefully it doesn't take something really dramatic to keep us humble, but a lot of times it does. And, um, you know, God used something that was a really terrible situation to help bring about something good. But I think that story with with Jacob is is pretty interesting. It's a weird story. Mm. It's a real weird story. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Um, but I think that it's, It's powerful to think how God brings about humility sometimes. Mm. And, you know, it's so important. Like, you look at Jesus, and he was this perfect example of living with the power of the, you know, of God working through you, but also being super humble. Mm. And he wasn't, he wasn't like hiding in one city and hanging out there and being like, I'm just going to teach the stuff. I'm going to teach the good news just right here. I mean, he's obviously spreading yeah, the good news. Yeah, moving from town to yeah, town, preaching from the town gospel of to the kingdom of God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he's there is a plan to it, but it is not as the world would see it. And I think that that's right. the big thing about like <laughs> working with, you know, striving with God is that there's this plan that probably won't make sense to the people around you, mm. that God is going to do something in a way that's probably kind of weird.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's it's going to not necessarily follow a strategic step-by-step for how to grow your platform kind of thing. Yeah. I don't
1: know. Yeah. No, that's good. If you're striving the way Jesus calls us to strive, it's probably going to look weird it's pr- it's going to be really difficult. It's not going to be uh, according to the pattern of the world. People are not going to understand it. Um, You're
2: probably going to suffer.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. But like, if we're striving, if we're striving for the world, we may gain a lot of popularity, mm-hmm. but we won't be satisfied with it, and it may really corrupt us and bring a terrible, terrible fall. Pride comes before the fall. Humility comes before honor, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That was a hiccup. A hiccup. Yeah. A hiccup and a burp all together. TM, guys. Hiccup.
2: You think you made that up?
1: No, I, I don't. I just <laughs> want to TM it before no one else or, or anyone else? else does. Yeah. Uh, so go uh, ahead. What are you going to say?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I, I was thinking something before you. <laughs> got distracted with the hiccup. Sorry. What were yeah. we talking about last? I don't know. Okay. So maybe you should go ahead and I'll remember it later. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, you're good. Um, so I just wanted to read like Luke 13 and then a second Clement passage and get your reaction on this. Okay. All right. Okay. So here's a Luke 13. Jesus is talking about striving. Ooh. Here's Luke 13. Jesus is talking about striving. You know, Jesus, the, the real Israel of God, the real one who strives with God, um, has something to say. So he's passing through from one city and village to another, teaching and proceeding on his way to Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, are there just a few who are going to be saved? That's a pretty good question, right? Yeah. It's a question that everybody wants to know. How many people are going to be with you?
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: um, just a little or a lot? Um, are we going to be universalists like Kevin Max now? You know, he worships the universal Christ. What does that mean? That means he's a universalist. Okay. Uh, and it's very new age kind mm-hmm. of thing as well, but it's basically everybody. Uh, like Rob Bell went on that direction where he's, you know, asking the question about like, is everybody going to be redeemed in the end? Like, you know, Colossians one talks about like all things being reconciled to God, yeah. right? Well, okay. does that does that does that mean all all things? Like, is even the devil going to be reconciled to God? Um, Seems like or a stretch. Is uh, <laughs> Paul talking about something else there? Yeah, you know. Okay. Right. So. um are all people going to be saved or are just a few going to be saved in Luke 13, 23? Well, what was Jesus? What is Jesus gonna say? A lot of people today, you know, be like, Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus says, strive to enter through the narrow door. Mm. Strive. Yeah. That's something that doesn't mesh well with a lot of reform theology which is like we don't do works we don't strive anymore right and then you have some who are like hyper grace crowd that will be like um well yeah that's fine for jesus's time because this is pre-cross you know but after the cross it's finished and now we don't work Mm. so you should strive back then but not now okay the different viewpoints on this kind of thing. But what, I mean, just let's take this pretty straightforward. Strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door saying, Lord, open up to us. Then he will answer and say to you, I do not know where you are from. Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. And he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves being thrown out. And they will come from the east and the west and from the north and the south and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some who are last will be first and some who are first will be last." There's a whole lot of cultural stuff going on there between like Jews and Gentiles that Jesus Jesus is probably hitting on, but again, striving to enter through the net. So these are people that, in one sense, like hung out with Jesus. They're like, mm-hmm. dude, we ate with you, right, dude? And you, why are you trying to say that you don't know? You don't know us, yeah. We went to church with you. You know, we were there. With you
0: yeah. in
1: your presence, why are you treating us like this? And he calls them evildoers. Mm. I mean, these are like you workers of iniquity, lawless, lawlessness, yeah. uh, people who practice antinomianism, you know, living as if there's no law, mm-hmm. um, this kind of stuff from like Matthew 7. Um, but they weren't striving after God. Maybe they were religious, but they didn't strive after a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. They didn't strive for that. They did a bunch of religious stuff. They did a bunch of, you could we'd say, like in our context, Christian stuff. They were going to church. They were, you know, maybe reading their Bibles. They were doing stuff, but they weren't actually really striving after God. Maybe like Matthew 7 stuff, they were prophesying, they were casting out demons, they were doing miracles, they were healing. But they were not people who were striving after God, which is interesting. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Here's 2nd Clement. I'm just going to read you a a paragraph um, from that. It's from chapter 7. This is the earliest extra-biblical Christian sermon that we have. Okay. It's not written by a guy named Clement. We don't know who wrote it, so it's pseudepigraphal in that sense. But, I don't um, know what that word means it means like you have someone claiming a person's name. Oh, like I guess. I'm writing in place of this okay. person to try to get some cred. Like they're it's a very big clout chasers, these <laughs> pseudopigraphal <laughs> books.
2: Clout chasers, yeah. oh gosh,
1: you know. So, anyway, um,
2: I'm so, with Clement's posse,
1: yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. So, so this is what he writes in, in chapter seven. He goes, therefore, then my brethren, let us struggle with all earnestness, knowing that the contest is in our case close at hand, and that we may undertake long voyages to strive for a corruptible reward and yet are not crowned, but those only that have labored hard and striven gloriously." Let us therefore so strive that we may all be crowned. Let us run the straight course, even the race that is incorruptible, and let us in great numbers set out for it and strive that we may be crowned. And should we not all be able to obtain the crown, let us at least come near to it, we must remember that he who strives in the corruptible contest, if he be found acting unfairly, is taken away and scourged and cast forth from the lists. What then shall we think? If one does anything unseemly in the incorruptible contest, what shall he have to bear? For those who do not uh, preserve the seal unbroken The scripture says Their worms shall not die And their f- fire shall not be quenched And they shall be a spectacle to all flesh So, you know, Clement is basically saying Like, look, like in the, in the athletic games In the Olympic games or whatever Like, people strive really, really hard um, For this, like, corruptible crown Shouldn't we strive even harder For the incorruptible crown? Right like, shouldn't we make that our aim? And if we're not doing it according to the rules, you get cast out. Like, mm-hmm. you got to strive in the right way, too, Yeah. in the way that the game has been set up. Like, you can say you're striving after Jesus by doing these different miraculous things or doing these different um like maybe you're on a church staff somewhere, or you have a platform like ours, and Jesus is like, "That's great and all, but that's not necessarily what I called you to. I called you to strive after Me."
0: Mm.
1: Like you can do both, yeah, but you can also do one and not the other,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Did your
1: <laughs> what's up? I'm sorry, all no, I can no, no. think
2: of as you're saying this strive is. Don't you have a song that is that oh, not boy. come out yet? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's that's on the next EP.
2: Okay, I just remember hearing you record it and yeah. hearing it. Sorry, I so wasn't I
1: can, trying to make that plug. I right
2: know, now. but that word now. Yeah, it's all I can I can think of. Sorry.
1: No, it's okay. <laughs> you hate it's when okay. I say
2: anything about
1: that. It's nah. a good song,
2: guys. When it comes out, which will be oh my gosh, down the road.
1: Yeah, sometime this summer.
2: Sorry. No, Off it's track. okay.
1: <laughs> it's okay. So like, I don't know. I just. I just think about these people that put so much work, like that list that we read from the beginning, they yeah. put so much time and effort into Christian stuff, yeah, and then just left it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, why would I think that that couldn't happen to me? Oh, yeah, you know, like so and thought. and not and not even realize that it's happening because if 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 idolatry, you know, blinds us and deafens us like that's that's scary yeah and if 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 we're not surrounded by people who will tell us the truth in love Mm -hmm. like it's so dangerous it's just really scary and maybe i shouldn't Maybe, you know, some faith traditions would say like, no, you walked the aisle, you prayed the prayer, like you're good. But then you see all of these examples, it's coming, like it's yeah. happening more and more. It seems that way, at least this is happening so much more now Yeah, where these people never saved. And I don't want to go down this path, to, you know, really, but like, you know, you've got people testifying about Jesus all over the world, like, like in all these different countries people mm-hmm. like Derek Webb traveling with Cademan's call, Kevin Max traveling with you know uh, DC, talk. DC talk you know writing the Jesus freak books about martyrdom and all this kind of stuff like yeah. these people were they never saved to begin with you know were they or were they were they p- tares plantings of Satan oh. you know specifically yeah. to deceive the church. You know, or did they even know that they were a planting of Satan? You know, like my mind goes down all of these, these, these roads. Mostly because, because it's, you're
2: like, could that be me, right? Yeah, I mean, like, of it's course. not like to point at them, but like. Of course. God, help me to not. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's scary. Oh, yeah. These are like major, major leaders.
2: And the bigger, it seems the bigger your platform, the more likely you're going to fall. Yeah. Like. It just seems, and sometimes, I mean, you see certain people, the bigger their platform is, the more that they have, they feel like they kind I mean, I'm, I'm sure this happens gradually over time, or maybe it's just this instant skyrocketing of like being at celebrity status, but they seem as if they think that they are above, the rules don't apply to them. I mean, like with the Ravi Zacharias thing, like this, what was, what was that young woman that like he, he called? The masseuse? Like, yeah, but there was like a name he called her, like I his don't remember. his uh oh, reward. No, his, <laughs> his his reward or something yeah. along those lines. Oh like gosh. something really like, what the heck?
1: Like m- he's a king and she's part of his harem yeah. kind of thing.
2: And just I mean one thing I will give credit to his like foundation for is Coming after there, Yeah, man. like that whole thing is just awesome. But uh, that they would be willing to do that even if it tarnishes the name but um but yeah we it's scary it's so scary and like you know if you have a platform it's it's only natural to feel like I want my platform to grow right because I feel like what is being said is important but then it's like well what's gonna happen and you don't even have to have a big platform to to kind of let it get to your head like you could have just enough, people following and affirming you in, you know, you talked about people that have like sort of maybe left following Jesus, but there's people like you were talking about also that are just, there's so much anger Mm. in them. And I think that that's also scary too, because maybe what they're saying isn't wrong. I mean, maybe they're calling out sin, but it's just so like not Christ-like. And we have to be careful with that, too. I mean, it. I think that we need to, I think being careful is an important thing in being a follower of Jesus. You know, we talk about being, you know, the Bible talks about us being ambassadors of Christ. Mm. And if you are an ambassador for the United States, you're going to be on your best behavior when you're traveling, or you should be. Or if you are representing someone else, like, you're very careful of that because you know they're the ones paying your salary. You know, that's who I represent. If I don't represent them well, my job is gone. Mm. And um I don't think that it's like that quite quite like that with Christ and that like if we mess up then he's done with us. But we are tarnishing the reputation of Christ in a lot of that and we have to we be careful. Be. We c- yeah, we can be.
1: Yeah, and not necessarily. I mean, like John the Baptist wasn't tarnishing the Reputation of Christ when he's calling people a brood of vipers. Yeah, you know, but what that I'm wasn't. Yeah, but I mean, but it can it can what well, all I'm saying is that it can, it can be righteous. Yeah, the anger and generally that's going to be anger toward religious people. Right. Um,
2: people but, that should know better.
1: But that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be the thing that's driving it. It should be a love for God, mm-hmm. not a love of attention.
2: Right.
1: Not wanting to get more likes. Man. Because we know that mm-hmm. this will this is what's going to bring people in. You know?
2: Mm-hmm. Totally. I do.
1: <laughs> yeah. So like what's the remedy for this? You know, if if you're if you've been feeling that emptiness, uh, it doesn't matter if you have a platform or not, if you've been feeling the emptiness, you know, you've been loving something that is not God. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're really being honest with yourself, and not being satisfied with it, what's the remedy for it? Well, um, it's back in Psalm 115 again. After he's saying, you know, that they have these idols have eyes don't see, and those who trust in them will become like them. Well, that's 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 the remedy there. That word trust, because in verse nine it says, "O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is your help and your shield." House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. I mean, he's saying it three times. Those, those, um, not a couplet. I don't even know what to call it, but the group of three, yeah, (laughs) the the triplets,
0: yeah,
1: right? Um, When you see them, it's very important, right? And he's saying trust in it. And we could be like, yeah, I believe, but are we really trusting in it? Mm -hmm. like we can know lying is bad right but do we believe that lying helps us in a certain situation we Mm -hmm. can know being like really angry is bad but do we believe it's going to help us in a situation you know like Mm -hmm. I I feel that I feel that Um, and it's what am I really trusting in do I really trust in the Lord and the Lord's way And if I do, I probably need to spend a lot more time striving after him, really abiding after him so that I can bear his fruit. Um, You know, like my name is, my name Philip. And it it does mean lover of horses, which is unfortunate. (laughs) But um, like it also has this idea of gentleness with it. And like I don't really see that very often in the fruit of the spirit. Like I, I don't. Like um,
2: you don't see that in yourself, you mean? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. in
1: in in me, and it's like, dang it, man, (sighs) that's really hard. It's really challenging. And if I'm not seeing that, does that? I mean, that means I'm not striving like I should after after Jesus. And um, yeah, you know, you know, someone by their fruit, yeah, and not not by. Not by how many people have listened to this podcast, right? You don't know someone by how many shares they get on a post. You don't know someone by um, how many people like, you know, something that we do. You know us by our fruit. And our fruit is not the things that we have done for the Lord. The fruit is the character.
2: Yeah. But
1: and the can- motivation behind why we do what we do. And that's, you can't, you can't, it's hard to see that. Yeah. And it's easy to trick people.
2: Yeah, you can like fake fruit is what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, especially in our culture of like social media, like how many people do something good and they're like, I'm going to post this online. (laughs) You know, it's, uh, I mean, I, I don't think that's always wrong to do, but I think that you can you can pretend, and we we always put like our best foot forward on social media.
0: And
1: yeah, or on the stage, or on the stage, we're yeah, behind the mic,
2: wherever it might be. You you put your best foot forward, and people think that they know you, but what they know is the image you want to project. Yeah, and that's that's it's, hard it's not, to not not you know not do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons that we do this kind of stuff really is because we're worried.
2: Yeah. Are you going to love me?
1: Yeah. No, like that's straight up yeah. it.
2: No, I, I'm, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Am I going to be okay? Yeah. If no one sees me. It's like that, Um. Uh, it, it's Nathaniel, right? <laughs> Nathaniel, where Jesus says to him, like, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree. Mm -hmm. And um, Hagar, right? She's out there with uh, Ishmael. Mm -hmm. She thinks she's all alone. And God's like, I see you. Mm -hmm. I see you. And that's, but we think people aren't paying attention to us. And so we're not going to be okay. And so I just yeah, go ahead. Oh,
2: I was just going to say like it um Oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank. What's the verse um that talks about man looks at the outward appearance but God looks at the heart? That's in <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's in 1 Samuel. 1
2: Samuel. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we're projecting. It's our outward appearance and God's looking at our heart saying like <laughs> am I in there? Am I am I your focus and you know maybe yes, maybe no. (laughs) You know, it's, it's really convicting. And, um, yeah, I mean, I keep coming back to this, like, idea of like, I don't know, kind of almost like, I don't know, I don't want people to feel like I think that, you know, we're gonna, if we're not careful walking this balance beam, we're gonna just fall off and God's gonna be done with us. It's not that at all. I mean, it's this responsibility. And, um, And I mean, anybody that's a a parent in a lot of ways, you feel like, am I doing this wrong? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there's just, it's like, God, you've entrusted me with this responsibility and I want to do it well. And I want to do it, you know, in the right way. And so I think that that's what it kind of feels like. I mean, you're walking a balance beam, not that God's going to quit loving you, but that I'm trying to honor him with this and he's guiding the way. And he's Mm -hmm. like, Holding my you know, he's there to like hold our hand along the way. It's not like we have it on our own completely, but it's it it's we have to always be examining our hearts and and that's not something we like to do. We don't like to sit in that. That takes time, that takes energy. We don't really give that quiet space for for God to reveal it a lot of times. And you talked about people in our lives that are gonna speak truth sometimes it's hard to have those kind of people in your life. You know, it's easier to have people that are going to affirm. And, you know, in the in the day and age that we live in with social media, and I know I keep talking about that, or like celebrity pastors or whatever, it's not an uncommon thing for you to have a thousand likes and like two or three people saying, eh, maybe not. And so it's easy to feel like, well, they must be, the wrong ones if there's these thousands of people saying I'm the, I'm doing this right or that they're they're liking it, they're sharing it, they're you know, whatever it might be. But sometimes it's just those one or two people that are actually the ones speaking truth.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Beware of the clout chasers, right?
2: <laughs> is it what book is that in?
1: Uh Thessalopians.
2: <laughs> First Deuteronicals. Yeah.
1: But for anyone out there that's maybe feeling a little bit of conviction from the Holy Spirit, I don't know, or, or you know, just struggle with striving after being seen. Mm. Um, I just wanted to end this by reading Matthew 6.
2: Can I say one more thing if you're going to be wrapping up? I want to say it before you wrap up a pre wrap wrap up. Yes. I think that, you know, we talked a lot about humility and um, how do we, like we were talking about those, you know, people that are going to speak truth. How do we respond to those people in our life? And I think that that says so much about our character. Am I humble enough to not just pretend that I'm listening, but to actually hear them and to really examine my heart? And, you know, I've met some pretty incredible people In my life, and the ones that impress me the most, well, other than you, Phil, (laughs) yeah, but like, you know, the people that you can say, you can be honest with them and you can tell them, hey, this is something I see, or, you know, maybe I I, I disagree with this thing. And they're going to really take the time to think about it and Mm -hmm. to really question, you know, is this right? Is this, you know, not that I'm the one bringing the truth. Every, in every situation but you know what I mean those people that you see when they come across something they're humble enough to like examine it to take mm. the time to like ask God to reveal truth yeah. in that and so that's that kind of humility is it goes a long way yeah so now you may wrap thank you yeah <laughs> that was a very good point Thanks. I'm glad
1: you did that so just want to read matthew 6 and I pray that you'll just kind of let this sink in, these words from Jesus, um, if you're someone who strives after being seen. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men in order to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who's in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that you will be giving in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you're praying, do not use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way. Our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we have forgiven our, those who trespass against us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your heavenly father will not forgive your transgressions. When you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do. For they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men, but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal for where your treasure is there. Your heart will be also the eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and wealth. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life. And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace... Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness all these things will be added to you.
0: It's nothing like your first love
1: You were the one that knew me truly But then something made me run
0: It's hard to believe in love purely I've been so wrong I know Love. There's no one like your first love You were the one that made my heart sing, And I didn't care who listened Chasing another what was i thinking i've been so wrong i know i broke